2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts. We promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We're all the way up to album 35, even though we did 36 last week. This is Off the Wall by Michael Jackson. So, guys, I was thinking this week that... Wait, 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 hey, Russell, did you did you, uh, did you you catch fuck? WrestleMania last weekend? WrestleMania? What was it, 37 or something like that? Yeah. Did you see... You said, I thought Russell was going on a date and it was called WrestleMania. WrestleMania? Think about that. catch WrestleMania? Hell in the cell. We're at Rumble like, in the jungle. We're, hey, way did past, you see- we're way past WrestleMania 37. We're at like 102. <laughs> it's fantastic. I love to think of a date you get in and you're like, this is a hell in the cell. I've been doing splashes off the top rope for like yeah. 101 WrestleManias so far. <laughs> oh, he's got a sweet chair. chin music. Yeah. Hey, but did you see Hulk come out again? Hulk's I mean, come- how old is that? Go- Hulk came, came back out. again. Are you sure? He no. came out. Yeah. Did you hear? Did you, but did you hear his uh, his intro music? I did not hear the new intro music. No. Oh, here. Let me let me let me get it for you. Oh, that sounds All fascinating. Right. Oh, here here we go. That's the Hulkster. Oh yeah, that, that's the Hulkster for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I just had some sushi, blah. <laughs> oh, look at my wife's friend, brother. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what's beautiful is when I go over to my friend's house and I keep dick <laughs> wife all night long. <laughs> oh my god. Light, just a light breeze. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Oh, I just had some sushi. Oh, <laughs> friend, brother. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, that would be such a great WrestleMania entrance, wouldn't it? Such all the sex tape clips. If you want to hear I was confused. I didn't know like who was coming out. I was confused. That took me a while. for you, Jack. Was he like winking at everyone's wife in the audience during it or not? Yeah, he's kind of rubbing his belly. I don't know. Takes a call from his son. I do want to remind you once again, he did take a call from the son in the middle of that sex tape. It could be a you can just imagine. Hey, after this podcast, we should watch that, Rob. Every time, every week. The problem is, like, once again, I am on my work computer, but you know what? Who cares? We're just going to do it. All right. Listen, I am here. This is, we are here. This is Beck did it better. And we are here talking about Michael Jackson's off the wall. And I've got three guys here who promise not to stop until you get more than enough. That's our promise to you today. Mm. Uh, I've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? Excellent, Rob. Thanks for having me as always. I've got Russell in Minnesota. Russ, how are you doing? Rob, I'm going to tell your wife exactly what we're doing. I'm going (laughs) to tell her what you do to me late at night when this podcast is recording. That would be great. Talking to my wife is one of my great joys in life. So I would appreciate if you also did it as well. Took up some of that time out of the day. Uh, Listen, and I've got Aaron. And Aaron, who just somehow whispered to me over Zoom that 
when I feel the heat, we can ride the boogie. I don't like that, Aaron. I got Aaron out in California. How are you doing, Aaron? <laughs> it's true. Uh, tonight, I'm going to leave my 10 to 3 up on a shelf and just enjoy myself. All right. I don't know go. what that's from. That could be from anything. Okay, we've got to get into <laughs> our next about- segment. And unfortunately, <laughs> I have to do a little bit of an apology. And now an apology from Beck did it better. I'd like to take this chance to apologize. I really love the guitar here. Actually, the guitar works Absolutely Beck does it it's, better podcast. I worked hard on this. Oh, yeah. All right. So normally I don't talk about this stuff, but last week after the podcast, and I wrote this down in my little, my little notes thing right away. Last week after the podcast, it came to be told to me that mm. at some point, Aaron's wife has decided that I am being too mean to Aaron. Oh. And she is starting to get upset that I'm being so mean to Aaron. Okay. And so last week, Aaron told me that Aaron said that I was, you know, that, that his wife noticed that he was getting picked on and that she felt bad about it. And we kind of laughed about it and and went on, but I have to say, Unfortunately, this causes this week's spanking of the week. Oh, no. <laughs> Squeeze, bad boy. It's time for Big Papa Rob to give you the discipline you crave. It's time for the official Beck Did It Better spanking of the week. Oh, yeah. oh Rob. It was for Aaron, not me. Come on. Oh, Rob. So I have to say, Rob. I have to say, Aaron, how dare you make me feel bad about actions in my life? <laughs> you're getting spanked for that, okay? I shouldn't have to feel bad for things I've said guilt, to you. Okay? Just walking so through that's it, terrible. If your wife ever complains about me again, do not tell me. I don't want to hear about it. I want our Anytime listeners Anytime I pick to know. on you, I don't want to feel. Shut up for a second. Anytime I pick on you, I don't want to feel one iota of guilt for what I'm doing. So how dare you make you me feel bad? Even well for the night. millisecond that I felt, Aaron, stop talking under me. Yeah, don't interrupt even him. For the Spank millisecond, him for that too, Rob. Spank him for that too. Interruption, Rob. Oh, even for geez. the millisecond that I felt bad about it, that was terrible. I couldn't handle it. So unfortunately, <laughs> this apology has turned into a spanking of the week. That came at the very end of a long conversation where you all wanted to know exactly what her thoughts were on the pod. And I gave some good compliments, but then I had to give the uh, the honest truth that she's there for me. She's She's my... That's my heart, man. That's my, she's my day one. That's my, my ride or die. We were just being nice. We didn't really want to know what your wife thought of the podcast. <laughs> you can just keep that to yourself next time. I, I do have to say, I, I want to make it very clear. I love Aaron. Aaron's great. I make fun of him only because he is probably the only one of us who should actually be hosting this podcast in any way or form. <laughs> no, no, you're the main host. You are the main host. But yeah, I appreciate true, you. Aaron. You're right. How dare Aaron, you? Aaron would have done eight straight job. weeks of slobber dog. I don't think he should be hosting any podcast. <laughs> I, I think he's fighting his co-host role. I would have done my own. You know, to to Rosie's, to come to Rosie's defense, you know, he kind of said that, you know, towards the end of it, Rob, you were three sheets to the wind. I think, I think he apologized <laughs> right after you wrote uh, granny style and you couldn't stop laughing to yourself and you wrote it down on a sheet of paper so you remember it the next day. <laughs> But do you still have it? Is yeah, still- still- <laughs> it's right there. Granny style. Got the- Granny style. So you would remember the joke okay. of the morning. And so that's, you know, I, so, for, to Rosie's, you know, he, he probably thought he was in a safe space, that it was safe to say that. We were yeah, deep yeah, in the depths of the post-game show. If it will give us five minutes of content, there are no safe spaces. I will blow up any relationship I have to eke out a couple more jokes. But it is true that at the after the podcast, we hang out for another, oh, I don't know, two or three hours sometimes and just chat about absolutely nothing. And at some point, for some reason, after the chronic episode, I decided that the words granny style is funny, no matter what. Used in any context, the words granny style, who knows what it means? Nobody knows what it means, but it's always funny. And to prove it, I wrote it on a sheet of paper, showed it to him. 
And sure enough, I texted him. I, when I woke up the next morning, I saw the sheet of paper that said Granny Style, and I did chuckle to myself. It was so. nice of Aaron this week to wear that red wig, so he looks like Mona from Who's the Boss for you, though, Rob. So that spankings have a little bit of extra steam on them, don't they? Yeah, you know, I- Mona. <laughs> We're not we're not going a week without Rob getting his who's the boss in. That's a new staple. It's it's just such a great. I mean that whole. I don't want to get it. that whole show. We I, I'm not going to get back into my who's the boss. Jonathan, Mona, we're going to make our own Samantha. Podcast. Oh yeah, who's the boss? Talk. We just watch one episode of Who's the Boss and be like, oh, this isn't as good as I remember. Just like every other show we watched growing up. Like basically, we sat in front of a TV and we're like, this is on, so I'm going to watch it. You know, the thing I wish we had is if, if who's the boss had been 10 years later, we would have had multiple men's health covers about Tony Danza's workout regimen. It'd be like him and Henry Cavill, just alternating weeks. And I, we don't know how the guy stayed so jacked, right? Boxing, I guess. But like, otherwise we don't, we don't know exactly what his workout regimen was. I, I, I don't like men's health. It just makes me feel really bad about my life choices. That ranks second behind when you guys talk your Peloton on a weekly basis. It's <laughs> your Peloton talk and men's health are the two things I could do without my life. Russell was confused because he kept looking up Peloton. <laughs> Russell's looking up Peloton and he does have, I mean, he does have five life-size uh, pillows with pictures of women on them that does do take up his bed, but I don't think that's what, what? Peloton is. <laughs> Haven't you ever seen those, Aaron, those life-size pillows you can buy of people? I haven't seen one with Uh-oh. people on them, no. I just got an idea for another Christmas present for you oh. guys, so get ready. <laughs> get ready for a Rob body pillow. Ooh, it's going to be sweet. Listen, I want to get back to uh, Aaron cowering behind his wife as she sticks up for him. Uh, <laughs> this reminds me a lot of, I was at my Muay Thai class, and I got a black eye. Somebody punched me in the eye. And Jenny said, why don't you just go in there and tell them, oh, this is my, this is, I, I don't do this very much. Please don't punch me in the head anymore. And I was like, no, you don't, I can't just do that. I can't <laughs> hop in there and say, like Aaron couldn't say guys, to me like, oh, guys, please stop making fun of me. My wife says, right. I shouldn't, yeah. don't punch me guys. Okay. Just take it easy on me. My wife says that, please. And yeah. meanwhile, you know, I, I think your wife should be like your ride or die. Like I think no matter what bad decision you make, your wife should have to stick up next to you. And meanwhile, once we were out in the streets of New York and I was wearing a hat with the Batman logo on it. And a guy tried to sell me a CD and I said, oh, no, thanks. And then he said, no, come on, buy it. And I said, hey, fuck off. Like, I don't want to buy the CD. And he looks at my hat and he goes, ooh, fat man. Oh, no. Fat man. And then he started going, fat man. Fat man. Of course, growing up as a heavy guy, like I've heard it all. So it didn't really bug me. Jenny starts laughing as he's singing Fat Man. Oh, she's in the back going, ah, what? <laughs> she oh. thought Fat Man was the greatest parody song of all time. She's like, ah, she thought it was so funny. I was like, what? No, wait a minute. You can't take this guy's side when he's going. Like, that's not even a good joke. Rob, where are you in your Muay Thai training that you would, at what point would you feel like you're going to pull out some Muay Thai moves on a person? Like when someone calls you that, are you like ready? Are you ready to do some knee thrusts or whatever it is that they do? I would be, but I. I don't know. I, I, I have always considered myself a true pacifist. I've never been in a fight in my entire life, and I see no reason to ever be in one, especially when I see those videos of like those Oklahoma football players getting yeah. shit kicked out of them by some wrestler <laughs> in the bathroom. Cause that would be Another me. I'd be like, Oh yeah, for us. I've taken a dozen Muay Thai classes. I with, you know, with an instructor that I'm paying for private lessons. Like that's why he doesn't <laughs> punch me in the head. I'm paying the guy. <laughs> so yeah, the one time I took a class where it wasn't a private lesson, I got punched directly in the eye. I was like, wait a minute, you're not supposed to punch me. You know, it's, it's terrible. 
Um, but yeah, I, I would, I would immediately be beat up and then probably thrown onto like the subway tracks. That's how I would, that's how I could see it going. <laughs> yeah, me and too. then somebody would go, Oh, look at that fat man. And Jerry would go, ah, I mean that just hearing her laugh. I was, and I said to her afterwards, I go, you can't laugh at that. She goes, yeah, that was bad. <laughs> so she acknowledged it. All right. Let's get into rolling. Go it's, it's, it's time to see what everybody's up to. It's time for Rolling Going. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm going to start this because I actually have a good one. I had a powerlifting coach in New York. Uh, and if she's listening, I hope she is. Hello. I, she's not. She has now transitioned. So I follow her on Instagram. She has now transitioned from being a fitness instructor and powerlifting person and just kind of like a, a personal trainer, right? She is now a, uh, she now hosts clinics and writes like books or whatever on being polyamorous. What does that mean? It means that you date multiple people and have like relationships and not just like, like bang them or whatever. She has relationships with multiple people and she hosts uh, like meetings and chats where you can go on and learn about how to do it. So my question is, why did I ever drop her as my coach? This would be the greatest <laughs> transition of all time. She'd be like, yeah, I'm not coaching powerlifting anymore. I'm coaching polyamory. I'd be like, yes, I would like to max out in that as well. Like, I, I think that sounds great. <laughs> and well, have we... you ever approached the, have you ever broached the subject with Jenny, whether she would be open to a polyamorous relationship? Oh, I, I think if I if, believe if, they call that ethical monogamy, Rob. Oh, I, I think if I told her like, oh, I'm going out to date somebody else, she'd be like, oh, thank goodness. She would be so happy that like, I would not. I, tonight, I was, I, was, I was getting ready for this podcast. I walked in the bedroom three times. On the third time, she goes, you know, she's reading a book. She goes, you know, it's really hard for me to wind down when you're coming in the room so much. <laughs> I was like, it's my bedroom. Like, I can, it, this apartment is 800 square feet. Like, I got to, I'm sorry. Maybe you just get it revved up, man. That's a lot of, that's a lot of sex walking in there at once. Like, she can't, you know, she can't be around all of that. It's true. What? I probably need to spread my sex out to multiple people and be polyamorous. But can you imagine like <laughs> polyamorous? Because here's the thing. Here's the thought, right? Polyamorous is just like you're going to a sex party. You're going to have sex with this person. You're going to have sex. Polyamorous in real life is like going out on multiple dates. So like I would have to hear about multiple people's days at work. No, I can think it's living with. I think. But I think people take yeah. it to the next level where it's three, four people living together, sharing a life. That sounds complicated. Oh, I, I, and I made the joke before. I would love it if Jenny got married to some another guy. I would love to have another guy in the apartment. We could just hang out and play video games or whatever. But literally, <laughs> like, how would you start that? You'd have to go on dates and like, you'd have to be Russell going on dates. Russell, I maybe I don't know. Maybe you could give me some advice for how to be polyamorous. Sorry, I wasn't listening. I was updating my profile and googling how to spell polyamorous. And I think I'm almost there. <laughs> but like, there, are what is the, yeah? What is the difference? So if you're living with four people, right? Everybody's just like, well, I mean, it's kind of like a COVID pod where everybody's like, we're just going to keep this all in the circle here, or what's the? I mean, no, because it's 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 not that all of them are dating each other. It's just okay. that you and it's like an, having an open marriage, right? Okay. So a lot like, of what she posts about is like, well, you have to have trust and you have to set boundaries and stuff like that. Neither which of which Jenny and I have at all. We, we, none of that. On the dating apps, you see a lot of people describe kind of atypical relationships, like ethically non, is it non, non monogamous essentially so that people are married yeah. and they're saying me and my spouse have agreed 
we are allowed to date or sleep with other people. And so you swipe or there's a lot of people out there that on the dating apps that are like that. That sounds like, would you be interested in getting a relationship like that? Russell, would you, would you honestly get into a relationship if she was married? I typically on the occasions where I do read the profile before I swipe, will swipe (laughs) left and say no on those. I just figure there's it, it opens the world up to too many uncertainties it one person may believe this is the relationship status. The other person on the other side may not. And I do not want to be the third wheel that's causing problems for someone's life. Yeah. Plus it would be a bummer, like just going to pick him up and then having to say hi to the husband, like before you took this woman out, <laughs> that would be, that would be like, it would be like beat a 40 year old back on the homecoming dance. <laughs> Hello, sir. I'm here to take your daughter to the dance. You have like a corsage. What I think of what a corsage is the giant plastic Arby's container that the corsage came in. It was huge. And then walking in, it made tons of sounds. So you're like, oh, I look good. I'm trying to sound cool. <laughs> and meanwhile, you sound like you're coming in with like a, a plastic cup that you're crunching the whole time. I don't know. <laughs> One thing that you see on the dating apps a lot, I'll see what you guys think of this, is a lot of people will say they are a sapiosexual. And I don't know if you guys have heard of that term, but nope. again, I've had to Google that one. But my understanding is that's someone who is really into people that are very intelligent and they place uh, more of an importance on intelligence than say looks or other things. Correct. I are sapiosexual. Damn it. I've never heard of, I've never, what was the joke, Rob? One more time. I are sapiosexual. (laughs) Oh no. You just tell English. That's impossible. (laughs) Gave yourself away. Russell, this shit sounds exhausting. This is like, these are whole new words that I we know, didn't even know existed, right. man. Oh my goodness. Oh. Generally, I like when I see that because I figure, oh, I can swipe on this. I'm educated. I've mm-hmm. read, I shouldn't say I'm intelligent. So I, maybe I don't meet that standard, mm-hmm. but I always figure what that means is, oh, she's probably willing to overlook some physical stuff. Yes. If you have something to say, or if you're relatively educated or intelligent, I think that's a crock of shit though. I think it's just people saying I have very, very high standards. I want someone that is very attractive. And then I'm also going to boot out the idiots that are also attractive. Right. I would say to them like, Oh, I'm the opposite of a sapiosexual. <laughs> I only want to date real dummies. Biggie said, I like then, him Russell, who, who, what guy says, well, I'm extremely intelligent. So you're going to like me. I mean, like, uh, wouldn't you just what any smart guy be like, I'm not going to even come close to handling that. Whatever's going on with her. If she's going to put that down in her, no, I, I think I think the idea is you don't you don't throw it out there. You just see if you can have a normal conversation and see if it appeals to her. Okay, but isn't everyone a sapiosexual? Like nobody yeah. wants somebody who's like you know Rob, like oh how does are... my computer work? Or I mean, well, I guess that is kind <laughs> well, of my marriage in a nutshell. Actually, no one knows. I was like I was like work. when is the last time you've backed up your phone? I've never backed up my phone. I'm like, what is going on in this world? I'm a sapiosexual. This is a disaster. My empirical dating data would say that about 10% of women out there claim that they are sapiosexual and put it out there as as a specific thing. But that doesn't mean they're smart, right? They could be dumb as rocks and be a sapiosexual. Yeah. Well, then I'm going to swipe right. Yeah. Like I, I would never date a woman that looked like me. What a disaster. I mean, I would always want the opposite. I think that's a great idea. I just, I feel like all of this, like, you know, I have, no idea what a polyamorous relationship looks like. I don't know anybody who who's in a polyamorous relationship. I'll send you. I mean, some, might, I've got some. I've got some video links. I'll send it to yeah, you later. No, but like, ben, have a few drinks, take an Uber <laughs> over here, and you're about to find out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, the whole thing of it is right. Is like you you find what you want in this world, and you find what you like, and you find your niche, and you go for it, right? And so, like, clearly, your your coach. Um, this is something that's important to her and important enough to say, Hey, I'm going to 
go down what? this route. I'm changing Hang you know, shingle, what, what I'm doing. Say? You know, yeah. So like, I don't know. It, it, it's one of like, I have, I, I, there's no way I could even try to come close to, in my head, figuring out a polyamorous relationship, but I don't have to. Right. So right. good for these people. And I don't know. I mean, it's kind of yeah. cool to learn about this stuff. I just, I, I don't get it. I don't know. I don't, you know, yeah. I like, and I'm not, I I, you know me, I would never kink shame anybody. You know, I, no. I think whatever people are into and Aaron's into feet right. or whatever, like, I think it's great, <laughs> but I, it is Aaron, part Aaron, of that put too. Down. Aaron, put those down. Yeah. Right okay. Now. We not, don't need to see those. Save tutsies. it for the after show. <laughs> the, um, now he's holding up a sign that says granny style. That's disgusting. <laughs> uh, here's the thing with feet. That's even worse. I don't even know what that means. It's very bad. But the thing is, it's really, what it is really is the New York city thing where every single person has to have a hustle. Like everyone's like, they can't just be polyamorous. They have to say like, oh, I'm holding workshops on how to be polyamorous. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I would understand that maybe if you were trying to be polyamorous, you'd want somebody to tell you how to do it. But on the other hand, it's like, I think people have been handling like dating a lot of people at once for a long time, but that's New York where everybody, because people are willing to pay for it. Like people. All this time I thought this podcast was so special and it turns out we're just Rob's New York hustle. Like Rob just that's had to have us like a side hustle. hustle. That's, that's it. We're it. Most mm-hmm. most people just listen to the Rolling Stone 500 album list, but Rob's the one who needs a podcast about yep. it. Yeah. So this is like a side hustle thing. Like yeah. you got to find your niche where people mm-hmm. will pay a monthly. Uh, interesting. Yeah. And yeah. now realizing that my side hustle could have been polyamory. This is the dumbest fucking thing I've ever done in my entire <laughs> life. I'm a fucking Every, idiot. You've spent the last 32 Friday nights with us instead of polyamory throughout the city of New York. Sapiosexuals would no longer be attracted to me. It's a real bummer. Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? Uh, good. I got my list here. So yeah, yeah. Get that right. list out. Um, I'm officially listening to. Granny and style. That doesn't make any yeah. sense. That's not a list. That's how I get my burgers at well, my, the way. So, so I, what, you guys are like this. For Christmas, I got a, from uh, my kids one of those things, and it's dad loves saying, and it's uh, sayings that dads love all the, you know, and it's like one of those 365. and Like a calendar, a ripoff calendar? Yeah, so this one says dads love saying, what's the damage when they get the bill? I mean, these things are hilarious. So <laughs> Do you say what's the damage or not? <laughs> no, but there's things like. I make a big joke of I I will try to carry as many grocery bags in mm-hmm. in one one fell swoop, you know, like just yeah. world's strongest man. Russell wrestle that thing in there. Don't go back for a second trip. And of course on like February twelfth or something, it was, I was like, Dad's love carrying in all the groceries in one trip. So <laughs> yes. yeah, it's great. Don't it's you great. enjoy so those I got my list trips on the back the car? Just walk out slowly, look at the sky, take a moment to enjoy some quiet. That's I mean, look at a bird or something. I I I take them one at a time. It's easy to do yeah. that when you only work eight hours a week, Aaron, and you spend the other 32 <laughs> eating cheese tortellini and going on quote unquote hikes. Yeah, you know, and, and, and getting right with your wife, with your wife driving all the time. I mean, mm-hmm. you're just kind of relaxing back there. Yeah. I'm white knuckling and trying to keep the kids quiet <laughs> in and out of the grocery store. Fine. Have a donut. All right. Whatever. You know, let's go back. And I just want to sit down and have a, you know, have a sandwich. Right. So I'm trying to get it all done quick. Matt's babysitting his kids. He's doing the best he can. You know, like some of us, Rosie, have real jobs and we're trying to be polyamorous. (laughs) We don't have time to bring in that groceries. Okay. I need to be polyamorous. I am out there polyamoring it up. Yeah. I've officially hit 250 albums on this list. Uh, Wow. Hey. Fantastic. we're we're over we're over the edge. Uh, we'll talk about a few of them okay, next time. So we, just we to give you an idea, little. just to give you yeah. an idea, we will be there in about five years. So we will oh be there in 2026. God. Yeah. Well, that's okay. Good. So don't think about that, Rob. How many yeah. polyamorous partners do you think you will have by the 250th album? Oh, over under two and a half. 
Oh, I I I assume it's oh over under two and a half. I that was that's like for this week. I mean, I assume Ooh. that when I start being polyamorous, it's just going to be super easy and work out, and I'm not going to have to do any work. <laughs> and all you got to do is pay fifty bucks a week to go to this class, and you'll yeah. uh, you'll figure it out. I know right? my love good. language is touch. What more do I need to deal with when I'm being polyamorous? I watched uh, <laughs> Zappa the uh, the documentary Zappa. That's yeah, good. Is on Ooh, Hulu now. It's very good. Um, we need way more weird people in this world to kind of counterbalance all of the all of the squares and so and then you know he was the one who's fighting against uh putting the labels on all the albums the um the censor labels stuff like that so i mean i don't know he's a fascinating human being outside of his music i mean in his art but just after kind of all of the music he went into big time uh he was he was he was a good dude for for the world and uh it, it's a good watch so watch that um there's another documentary on HBO called Pray, Obey, Kill. And it's about, it hits all, it hits all of the documentary uh, hotspots. Hold on, let me get my notepad out. Let me get my notepad out. What was that one again? Pray, Obey, Kill. It's got, uh, it's got a wife that was murdered. It's got a mistress who might've done it. It's got a church uh, cult-like setting in the middle of the Swedish woods. And, you know, the only problem is, is it's mostly in Swedish. So you have to read subtitles. So I realized that, I think we're all getting dumber because I'm sure we're all like watching our phones half the time. And I realized that I actually have to like pay attention to the movie when I'm watching because I have to read. So that's kind of a pain, but there's four or five (laughs) episodes. I mean, I've been too into it and yeah, it hits, it hits all of the uh, documentary hot, hot buttons. So, so far I recommend it. Documentaries now, documentaries now love being tons of episodes, don't they? Like they can't just tell you about a sex cult in like two, in like an hour. It's gotta be like all of them, whatever they could be. Yeah. Cut it. By sixty percent, mm-hmm. you know. I don't know. So I don't want. They don't. They don't need to cut any of the mistress episodes. I feel like mistress episodes are. They deserve their full length of time, right? Maybe that's the key to being polyamorous. Is that like when you say mistress, like that sounds kind of nice, doesn't it? Like that's that sounds like a nice say, right? title. Like, oh yeah, sounds this is horrible. Sounds horrible, Rob. Subtitles are nice. Even movies in English sometimes it's nice to. If you <laughs> yeah. watch with the subtitles you on, so you, you catch some stuff you wouldn't have caught before. No, and we we do that a lot. I mean, to kind yeah. of try to keep keep the. Keep the TV down so you don't wake the kids. Last thing you want. Matt's wife's going to be yelling at Rob next week instead of Aaron's wife when Matt brings up this polyamorous situation that he's been considering tonight. <laughs> Look, guys, no, no. I mean, for real. Of all of us going polyamorous, Matt would be the funniest by far. That would make me laugh so hard. <laughs> but hey, I, and in my relationship, like, you know, I don't know. I I, I think I married up. My, uh, my, I'm oh not the God. one that needs to worry about. This, this I can tell you for a fact shit. you did, just to let you know. Yeah, I'm not the one I, that needs to I need to worry about Sarah coming to me and saying, you know, let's try out this polyamorous <laughs> thing. Because, you know, it's not going to work for me. No, 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 no. I think she'll do just fine. Can, can you imagine Matt, like, driving around the Twin Cities, setting up inflatable snowmen at, like, four different houses every Christmas? <laughs> it would be fantastic. Oh, oh, that'd be so great. Listen, if any of your wives want to be polyamorous, I am willing to be polyamorous with them. We could hang out more together. Okay. So please let me know. So that got no laugh. So I feel like maybe I crossed the line there. Okay. Listen to everybody. That was well, a Manny, joke. Manny, Manny from South St. Paul, you know, he, ha- he's had this idea that we all just live on the same block, grow up, live on the same block. And, you know, we can have the little league team and all that stuff. And yeah. so, I think we figured out what Manny's uh, ultimate yes. goal was. Not all of us thing. can afford Alice Court, though. That's the problem. Yeah. And that would be a bummer because he would be polyamorous with my wife in two seconds. And I would just be like, well, I don't know what to do. Like, I, <laughs> she's a good looking guy. Oh, sexual. Like, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> Last thing I got, Rosie, you'll you'll appreciate this. Oh, is I that my my radio station went off the air. 
Oh, okay. shit, man. 96.3 Go FM in the Twin Cities was the only radio station that was labeled alter- alternative. Going, mm. There's going adult alternative, which is like Cities 97, but the, but Go 97 would play uh, Siamese Dream, followed by 21 Pilots, followed by some other obscure punk band and stuff like that. Like It was great. And so literally, I'm sitting in line at uh, the school waiting to drop off my kids. I got to wait for 20 minutes every morning. We're listening to the radio, and literally... Getting like out of the door three in the morning, it went, it went uh, to dead air. I'm like, what? Oh the hell? man! And I figured it out. And so now, instead of having six Christian stations in the Twin Cities, we now have seven Christian stations in the Twin Cities. And so I don't know. I'm thinking, Rosie. God, Matt, you have all my sympathy. That's a terrible yeah. thing. To so happen. I don't know, Rosie. I think I was kind of thinking about this. Like it would be great to start a radio station. And so, yeah, but I think that goes, I think this is I the think, dumbest idea. I, the, I, I the, think the fact goes, that you guys even to listen out, to the radio is so crazy. I, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of where does this fit in the dumbest ideas that people come up with all the time, starting a coffee shop, mm-hmm. opening a bar, mm-hmm. getting a radio station going, where, where does that fit in the order of, of dumbest ideas people can do the think, other day? The other day I went to lunch with a coworker and we, we rode in the same car and I panicked and immediately tried to flip to the radio station because I was terrified that our podcast on the chronic was going to start streaming <laughs> through my car. And so I went to the radio and I realized I had zero preset radio stations. You zero. Get your presets and, I had right. to, and, and I had to like That's start psychotic. scanning just to get to any radio station. I might've landed on 96.3, the Christian rock station. Oh so my you gotta God. Go 91, you got to go 91, one, listen to our buddy Pete. I follow European cycling, uh, professional cycling a lot. And there's a saying in cycling, how do you make a small fortune owning a cycling team? Start with a large fortune. And I imagine that it's similar to having a radio station. Can you imagine going to like a business and being like, hey, do you want to buy ads on our radio station? And they'd be like, who the fuck listens to the radio? And it's like, well, (laughs) nobody. That's why I was able to buy this station for so cheap. But I got a radio station changeover story. Do you guys want to hear it or should I save it for my rolling going? Bring it on. Well, I'm let's done. Do you it go now. ahead. Let's, no. let's, go, let's go over to you, Rosie. All right, rolling going. How's it going with you, Rosie? Uh, it's going great. It's going great. I, I do want to plug one thing I've been reading that I'm really excited about. It is Hanif Abdurraqib's new book called A Little Devil in America. It's uh, Notes on Black Performance in America. I just finished the first uh, segment. Uh, he's got it broken down. He's a poet who lives in Columbus, Ohio. Um, super writer. But I just read his segment about um, Aretha. He wrote about Aretha's Amazing Grace concert, which listeners of the show will know that we all really loved. And then he wrote mm-hmm. about watching Aretha's funeral. So Hanif Abdurraqib, super great book. I'm really, really loving it. So I, I wanted to plug that because um, I know our listeners like to hear our recommendations there, on music. There, there goes my rolling going. Thank <laughs> you for nothing, Aaron. Okay, let's all come up with one joke about that. Okay, let's get the- no, I'm I, just kidding. Go ahead, Aaron. But I do, now that Matt, I had another story I was going to tell, but now that Matt's talking about radio station changeovers, I have to tell this story. Oh, uh, thanks, Matt. <laughs> my wife's brother loves salsa music, salsa and um, reggaeton music. And so when he comes to visit, he would always change our radio station to in the car to, to the reggaeton or salsa station in the Bay Area. And it's, it was a great station. I loved it. And so one of the weekends that they were, that he was here to visit us, it was probably five years ago. I don't remember exactly, you know, got in the car to go somewhere, turned on the reggaeton station. It turns out it was in between, uh, like Matt was talking about, you know, radio, radio changeover, but rather than dead air for the they, entire they replay a song, 
Hot in Here by Nelly. They played Hot in Here yes. for the whole <laughs> weekend, for an entire oh, weekend, classic. from Friday night until Monday morning. You could turn into the radio station anytime <laughs> and hear Hot in That's Here. That's awesome. And I swear to you, it became a Stockholm effect kind of thing where, oh. like, by Saturday afternoon, I was like, yeah, Hot in Here is a pretty good song. Like, I really enjoy some of the production on here. Some of these rhymes are clever. It's I can't a- imagine why radio stations are getting canceled if they're just <laughs> dropping Nelly for 24. Like, TNT can get away with it with the Christmas story for one day on Christmas, but like, Nelly hot in here, I, I still miss it. To this day, I still wish I could just turn on to one radio station and hear hot in here at any moment. Any moment. Rob, why don't you why don't you try singing it for us in karaoke and we'll see how it goes. Yeah, let's hear it. He's saving that for the falsetto on this Michael Jackson. I, I, I think I could nail this, but I don't want to try right now. I'm very busy. Doing a little <laughs> bit of uh, uh, a little bit of uh, uh, yes. a little bit of uh. Oh no, sweetie, go back to bed. Sorry, my kids woke up there. That's uh, not great timing. You mentioned you mentioned brother-in-laws. Did you guys ever have the first time? Rob, you have sisters, Matt. I, you don't have any sisters. You have brothers. Nope. But yep. the first time I ever met my brother-in-law, this is actually a pretty funny story. So we, our family takes an annual trip up north, up in northern Minnesota. We've gone for the same place for like the last 30 years. And Speaking my, of polyamory. My sister started dating my future brother-in-law, and we had never met him before, but she decided she was going to invite him up for a week to come stay with our family, me, my brother, mom, and whatnot. And so she, going into this, she called my mom beforehand, and she said, my boyfriend is coming up for the week. We are going to be pitching a tent in the backyard, and I'm going to be staying in the tent. With the boyfriend. Rob, Rob, how would you react in in 10 years from now when one of your daughters says, hey, they're coming up to the lake, which you have, Rob, and they say, we're going to be pitching a tent in the backyard, and I'm staying with the boyfriend. You know, this is really bullshit, Russell, that you would pull this shit with me, because I was just about to say (laughs) the dirtiest shit about tents and, like, the humidity on the inside, and, like, I had a joke all set about sleeping bags in your mouth. And Pitching now I tent. can't do any of those. And now I'm furious <laughs> at the thought that something like this might happen. I would say absolutely not. A tent? Get out of here. Like, there's, that's, that's insane. There's only one reason you pitch a tent when you have all these things all over the place. Get out of here. No thanks. But they did stay in the tent, Rob. So just so you know, one day when you're up at that cabin, there's a possibility there Power could be move. a statement to the old man. Listen, Power move. Let's be, Let's be very clear. My daughters can do whatever they want. They're they're very sweet. They can have their own lives. I'm not going to do this like insane daddy thing. Listen, when I was like a college age, high school age, if you would have been like, you can stay in this tent with a woman, but I would have been like, it doesn't matter. I don't care what the butt is. Get me in there right now. I want to pull down that rain fly. And that's another joke I had all set up and then I couldn't do it. It's terrible. Russell. How could you do that to me? Uh, Russell rolling going. How's it going with you? Uh, it's going all right. I, I have to share a life thing that happened with me and see how you guys would handle this a little bit. So I need some advice. It's not dating, but I just need life advice to get back on track. Get, 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 get to the corner. It's time for Russell's Advice Corner. Oh, yeah. You're going polyamorous, Russell. I've got lots of advice. I think that's a, I've got somebody you can contact. Pause. I'm trying to Google sapiosexual and get it on my <laughs> profile, but I keep spelling it wrong. Okay. So a week or so ago, I went to a restaurant and met someone for dinner and nice. I left my, my laptop bag in the back of my car. And while I was at, at this date, I left 
and I walked out and my laptop bag had been stolen out of the back of my car. But Shit. at least the date went really well, Russell. It's not like you had two terrible things happen in one night, right? No, actually, the date did not go very well. <laughs> <laughs> later later oh, in the night, she had texted me and, and my initial response was to say, hey, you don't recall me bringing my laptop. I didn't say like, hey, it was a great time or anything. My oh, no. response was, hey, you don't remember me bringing a laptop bag into the restaurant, do you? And she was like, uh, no. And we haven't gone out again. <laughs> so anyways, anyways, so I, I got this, my, my laptop stolen out of my car. There was another car in the parking lot that got its wind, window broken in. I got to know, have you guys ever gotten anything major stolen from you? And how do you deal with it? How do you oh. get back on track when you feel like you've been kind of violated a little bit. You know what? I'm going to find for you guys sometime and, and I'll show it. I'll, you know what? Next episode, I will find you the list of what got stolen out of my Jeep. I had a, a soft top Jeep in Minneapolis that I once drove Jenny's car back to our apartment and parked it. And I go, boy, I remember parking here earlier today. Yeah. Your whole and it was Jeep because got indeed stolen, I, right? Yeah. It was because indeed I had parked there earlier that day, my own car, which it was not there anymore. But I am also a bit of a collector when it comes to cars. My cars are probably the messiest things in the entire world. So my list of things I wrote that was in my car going to the insurance company to get insurance for it was incredible. It included, I'll just give you a little teaser right now. I'll find the whole list next time. It included two bags of garbage that I was supposed to take out to the garbage. <laughs> I just had put it in my car for some reason. So you can imagine the guy surprised me. He's like, oh God, there's so much stuff in this car. I'm so glad I stole it. Then he opens up the two big garbage bags and there's just garbage, <laughs> rancid garbage in it. And and then another thing that was in there, and this is, again, this is the last thing. It's just a tease, is a uh, bowling ball that had a grenade in the middle of it. It was clear and had a grenade. <laughs> oh, in I remember that. Yeah. Oh, that right. I remember when you were way into bowling, right? So yeah. that was how I dealt with that, is looking at that list and then really making some hard life choices. I'll, I'll bring the list next time. Next, next uh, I'm going to write it down because it's it's something you can judge. You can judge 25-year-old Rob by what he had in the car. We had a very nice bike stolen from our apartment in Oakland, um, which was unfortunate, but it was covered by insurance under uh, by the renter's insurance. So the bike shop benefited by us buying another new bike from them. Uh, when I was in Minneapolis, uh, I also had some stuff stolen from my from my truck, uh, one of which was a checkbook. And uh, mm. they wrote checks at uh, numerous local restaurants like Outback Steakhouse and um, a couple of similar type places. And every time a fraudulent check came through, I had to go to Wells Fargo and get a notarized affidavit of forgery until finally I found like the one cool guy who worked at, at Wells Fargo. And he was like, here, I'm going to give you a stack of notarized affidavits. And I still remember that he had an autographed photo of Scotty Pippen up in his office. So that's, that's my number one thing I remember <laughs> about having things stolen from my truck in Minneapolis. Hey, here's a picture I'm going to autograph. <laughs> another another one of my amazing impressions that I do. Uh, why? So, Aaron, I I don't want to get your wife mad at me again, but why didn't you just like close the account or change it so the check's no longer? Is that not how it works? Am I dumb? That is I how don't it remember. works. I, I don't remember. That's man. how this was. This was before. Right. This was when I had. This was my own. <laughs> this was my own checking account. So I don't even remember. It was a, perhaps before. Yes, we were I assumed together. it was your own checking account. What the hell do you think we're talking? You said it about? wasn't a. Well, you said I want to get my 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 wife mad at you. It was like it wasn't. Oh, because I was making fun of you. Account. I'm sorry. If you if that you was have a pretty polyamorous weak making fun. That was like I feel like that was a legitimate question. Aaron's many wives would make fun of you. I don't get why you just didn't cancel the account. Like instead of every time you're like, oh my gosh, they wrote another bad check. I can't believe it. I don't know. I just like, did what the people at Wells Fargo told me to do. 
if there were such thing as polyamorous checks, would there just be like seven names written on them? Would you have to have like the real big checks to fit all the names or not? <laughs> that would just be baller, your- wouldn't it? If you if you had like four wives and you put all the names on your check, yes, Rob and Jenny and Amy <laughs> and Sue. <laughs> Sue's Canal. <laughs> Matt, you ever had anything stolen? No. Oh I my can't God. think of anything. <laughs> I lock Matt. up my bike wherever I go. Yeah. Uh, Matt I spent eight years in the ground wings, and it was a great experience for him. Yes, and. Yes, yeah, and. that's right. And? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I was trying to, uh, I, you know, we're, we're a podcast, right? So we oh, no. try to do mm-hmm. a little cross promotion every once in a while. And I don't know why this popped up, but I was trying to figure out what the difference between polyamory and polygamy were, mm. you know, like just figure it out. And, but I got onto the list and, you know. What's the difference? Uh, polyamory is dating polygamy when you're actually married. So if you've got like three wives, that's polygamy i don't think you want to go through the legal the legal thing right. of thumbs but down i just i just want to say there you know there are way more podcasts on polyamory than you would ever <laughs> think possible so i you know i just thought hey you know, we've got the polyamory podcast i'll just give you the top 10 as uh oh, yeah, let's, hear let's hear yeah, it let's hear multi-amory it. i don't know okay. making polymer uh, polyamory work sexology okay. yes polyamory weekly. that was my minor by the way <laughs> by 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 the by b y t h e b i casual swinger good. a life a, a swinging lifestyle podcast. See now yeah. I like I like the idea of a casual swinger because it's somebody who doesn't take it so seriously. You guys know what I'm talking about <laughs> when you run into that swinger who's like, listen, I'm a swinger and this is what I do and I can't contact you on Saturday because I'll be swinging. Like, <laughs> I like swingers who are fun. You know what I mean? Like they don't mind if they put on somebody else's socks at the end of the orgy. That's not a big deal to them. Okay. Oh, that'd be horrible. They're ready to swap wives and have a good time and not worry about taxes while they're deep <laughs> my wife in a room taxes. next to me. <laughs> they don't care about how much their internet costs when they're spanking women in a room all lined up on a couch and they just walk down like <laughs> they're looking at watermelons in the grocery store. What is going on? I want someone fun, the casual swinger. Good. Thank you, sir. I will be subscribing. Couple more that I think Rob and my wife, frenemy wives. I don't like that. That's scary. That scares me. No. Honest, open, and vulnerable podcasts. That, oh, that's, that could that's be too Rob. deep. That's too I, deep. I, I have a feeling the real people that are in polyamorous relationships have nothing to do with honesty. I think it's a bunch of a bunch Loving of without boundaries. Oh, there you go. What the kink? There you go. What the kink? What the kink? See, but is is polyamory really a kink? Like, I don't think it's that. Like, I don't think that's that a kink, right? It's just like, hey, I want to date multiple people. Somehow, somehow the Tim Ferriss show ended up in the middle of this list here. So, perfect. Well, hopefully by next week, we're going to be on that list. Yep. The hell if we don't have more downloads than what the kink. Yeah, if you think this is this title of this is going to be Michael Jackson and polyamory, you are correct. That is going to get us the most downloads <laughs> yeah. ever. Oh, Who would not oh, want no. to listen to that podcast? It's going to be oh, so no. good. Oh no! Yeah. Just so, killed all the fun. I don't know. So there's, there's, you know, if, you're, if anybody's interested, there's lots of podcasts out there. I will say it is to... very funny. The coach uh, does post things that she gets in her direct messages when she's a polyamorous coach, and 99 percent of them are guys being like. So do you want to fuck or what? <laughs> classic. Which like, is just oh, is classic just, guys of like, oh, so you're a polyamory coach. Should we bang now or later? Like, this is a great idea. 
All right, let's let's get into Rob's three senses about the album. Everybody loves it. Listen, so we are talking about Michael Jackson Off the Wall, which came out in 1979. And this came about because Michael Jackson worked with Quincy Jones on The Wiz, the Wiz. in 1978 and had such a great time that he wanted to work with him on an album. And this whole thing was them. His goal was that he wanted to make an album that did not sound like a Jackson 5 album. So he wanted to make pause, an album. Pause. What's up? Is the Wiz? I what's what's the movie with Fred Savage where he plays with Super Mario Brothers? <laughs> That's just Wizard, right? That's Wizard. It's yeah. not the same movie. It's super not the same movie. Do you recall Michael Jackson putting on a power glove at any chance? Well, now wait a minute. Uh, yeah, I don't no, know. No, wait a minute. Just, Michael Jackson didn't Nipsey wear a Russell glove. Is Diana it possible Ross? that we're misremembering <laughs> oh that his glove is a Nintendo Power Glove <laughs> and he's playing Outrun on it? Don't you remember Fred Savage in that movie and he's playing like Mario Brothers and all of a sudden th- he's two, right? playing Mario, Mario Brothers 2 and he knows yeah, how to yeah. use like the P-Wing and, and the Toad and all this. It's like, how yeah. would you know how to use that on an arcade game you've only played one time? That was huge, right? Because that movie came out before the game did. So it was like everybody's glimpse of the game. So a lot of people went to see the movie just to see what that game was going to look like. So you're saying same movie, correct? I think it is. I think that... <laughs> I think that Michael Jackson's The Wiz it starred Fred Savage and Michael Jackson. Is, I mean, gloves. It makes sense. It all it's coming together. All right, all right. We I apologize to do no research. So <laughs> I'm going to go with it. Yep. Sounds Rob, good. I apologize for interrupting yeah. your four well, sentences. No, that's okay. I was just going to say The Wiz is also Aaron's second favorite uh, video search, but that's different. I, you know what? <laughs> I don't want to kink shame Aaron. So that's I'm what he calls his penis. Oh, oh man, like that, man, that's good. Matt, Matt's going to get yelled at, and then his wife's going to yell at Rob for yelling at Matt for making a whiz joke. That's what I'm going to start calling my penis. All right. So I just told <laughs> it's going to get edited where it looked like I came up with that one on my own. Oh, that's funny. Me, not Matt. Uh, so basically, he, he wanted to make an album that was not a, a Jackson 5 album. And it's, of course, Joe Jackson, Father of the Year, was like, yeah, you can go off and make your own album, but it better not interfere with our group work. So you can imagine how fun it was hanging out with Joe Jackson. This album came out. It peaked all the way up at number three. It had five singles. Four of them got into the top 10 on the Billboard charts. It's the first solo album to get four singles into the top 10. An insanely, like this record, I think people forget about this record because of Thriller, but this is like the Michael Jackson record that put him on the map. And what's really interesting is when you read the quotes about this record, so many people are saying like, oh, you hear this Michael Jackson falsetto we've never heard before. And I was always like, what are you talking about? Never heard before. But if you listen to the Jackson five, he never hits those super high notes that he does on this album, which is crazy. This is our first disco record that we've done. The year that this came out, the Grammys this year, Gloria Gaynor won best disco recording for I will survive. She is also the only person to ever win a Grammy for best disco recording because it was immediately not a uh, category after this. Disco is a very strange disco. It's it's a very strange subgenre and and it's hard to define because I wouldn't necessarily call this a disco record, but I would call it a dance record, which is probably disco and disco. It's got a song called. Yeah, it's got a song called burn this disco disco down. Yeah. But, but disco became a a bad word. um, I think because of the the press and the um, frankly, racism um, that was Mm -hmm. aimed toward it. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a strange, uh, short story in American history. This album won one Grammy. And we talked about a little bit on the thriller one. I know you guys always remember my album recaps, but Jackson was pissed. He won for best R and B performance. It did not win for best, um, 
album. Does anybody want to guess what album did win best album this year? Macarena. No. Seventy-nine. You're hearing it in the background right now. It's a little person named Christopher Cross. Oh, he won four of them, right? And this was the year that Christopher Cross came in and just blew away the Grammys, and yeah. nobody ever heard of about him again. And he stomped all over Michael Jackson's first solo album, and Michael never forgot it. It made him mad for the rest of his career. He was I furious we, about it. I believe we talked about this on the Lauren Hill episode, where she was one of the people who swept the big four Grammys, and Christopher Cross was the first person who did that, right? Guys. Sapiosexuals would love us. We are so smart. We have done all this stuff. A lot of smart shit. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut out that clip and add an audio it's, clip to all of my sapiosexual profiles. Well, just make sure they've listened to all 300 hours of our podcast and ignored actually quite a lot of what we said. If you want to be attractive to sapiosexuals, so they can make the connection like we just did. Mm. Should we get into the album? Let's get into it. We should. Oh, all right. What if you guys just album. said no and we just shut down? We just played Man. the theme song and walked out. All right, here we go. One of my favorite parts of one of my favorite songs, and I got to admit, guys, I love this album. I love this Michael Jackson talking in the beginning. I think it's so funny. Listen how funky this is. It's like he's at the movie theater with you before, and you're like, what? Okay, Michael. Previews are over. I'm gonna do this on my next date, like when I'm playing bingo. I'll be like, I like bees. I like eyes. I like ends. How old was he when this record came out? Like, was he 20 yet? 21? Let me look up what year he's born. Aaron, you vamp while I look up what year he's born. Because yeah, I'm thinking about Rob. You talked about the falsetto. I mean, maybe his voice hadn't really changed for a lot of the Jackson 5 stuff we heard. Born in 58. This came out in 79. Okay, so he was 21. 21. Yeah, so I mean, this might be his first kind of like adult voice album, and it really is. I mean, his his voice in this whole thing is a total phenomenon. Aaron, when you hear the falsetto, I was looking at different artists that are really famous for having amazing falsetto voices, and there's D'Angelo, how does it feel? We listened to him a while back, and he uses a falsetto, but there's other one. I think Al Green uses a little falsetto. Oh, Marvin yeah. Gaye. Where yeah. does Michael Jackson rank with Prince and all these other artists that use falsetto voices in their song? Well, what's funny to me is I wouldn't always think of Michael as, as singing in falsetto because I, I, for me, there's kind of this difference between the squeal that he and Prince both do and the falsetto. That like when I think of the classic falsetto, the number one for Barry me is Gibb. number one for me is yeah, Eddie oh, Kendrick from The Temptations. For me, it's Eddie Kendrick, but I know. There's more in the in the history of music, but for me, the number one is the Temptations. I'm gonna play "Keep on Trucking" in the background. There, yes. true falsetto. That's what I mean. I'm I remember. About. I remember hearing that song when I was younger, and I was like, "Holy shit, this guy can sing up high!" It would be exhausting to be a falsetto singer in a band. That's the one. I mean, I get tired just doing that. My and, favorite and, falsetto song is. You guys remember the song "Darkness"? I believe in a thing called love. I believe in a thing called love. That's the one you're gonna There's a whole thing about the Bee Gees about how they, you know they kind of their their mm. their uh, career kind of plateaued, and then all of a sudden Barry Gibb just started going falsetto. Yep, and turned into the whole thing talking about disco and so mm. yeah, I don't know. Did you know? Yeah, I think for, alive for was voices like the lyrics, the lyrics for <laughs> "Staying Alive" were originally buried oh. alive, and that's why that song makes so much more sense if he's like living in the city and everything is coming and I'm buried alive. Hey Rob, that was when, you have a, when you have a polyamorous <laughs> date and you say that you interrupted Aaron, who's really smart about music, to tell that thing, you're not going to be polyamorous anymore. It's going to be just you and Jenny again. Yeah, yeah, we'll you're just, right. We'll that's just keep that little thing, fact. That's the one ourselves. thing holding me back from being polyamorous. <laughs> the, 
<laughs> voices like Michael's and Prince's are just so fluid moving between, and even in Marvin Gaye too, moving between singing on the voice and singing falsetto that I think when you talk about falsetto, I think about the guys who did it full time, like again, Eddie Kendrick, or I don't know, I should know. I don't know the names of the singers in bands like the Dramatics, uh, who, who like, that was what they did all the time. Do you think this is falsetto singing right now? That's falsetto, right? It definitely is. Yeah, it definitely is. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying he's not one that I think of because his voice did that just came naturally and then he did the next thing. And but I think that's there were people who that was all they did. But see, that's why I was blown away by all these quotes when you read reviews of the album is that everybody's like, oh, this falsetto is so beautiful. And I was like, yeah, this is all we heard from off the wall on of Michael Jackson. Right. All of his albums were tons of falsetto. It was interesting because if you listen to him do like Rock and Robin or One, Two, Three or whatever, he's got a much more Motown type voice. I just, I don't want, I don't want, uh, Big Mike 69 in, in Houston, your, your best friend, to get mad at us. Thank so, you. Um, you know, this album came out on August 10th of 1979. Michael Jackson didn't turn 21 until August 29th. <laughs> oh, and so he was, he was technically only 20. So. He was 20. Speaking of mistakes in life, Rob, you guys listen to this. Listen to the words on this. I always thought the words, the lyrics to this, listen to this part of the song and tell me what the lyrics are to it. Will you just play this quick, Rob? Melting? Yeah. What's he melting like? Hot candle wax. Okay, so I have an embarrassing <laughs> thing to admit. Uh-oh, and Russell's so, doing the one headphone thing again. He's only wearing uh, one headphone. This is worse than the one headphone thing. And this is why a woman could never swipe on me as a sapiosexual. I'm like eliminated <laughs> from her world. In my mind, I always heard that as I'm melting like hard candy. I heard hard candy, not hot candle wax. Well, I can, I can and feel so, that. And so, play know. it again, Rob. Let me, let me, this is hard candy, not hot candle wax. Oh, sh- It's like the D4L classic, one. Laffy Taffy, where he says, I thought it was, I don't know, really? like yeah, I can, I can feel like hard candy, oh, right? Well, what's he saying at the end? Like, I'm melting like hard candies, yeah? Well, the problem is yeah. the problem isn't that I just got a mistake on it. It's also that I set up my drink for the evening based on hard candy tonight. Yes, and then <laughs> so tonight I'm drinking a butterscotch white Russian, which has butterscotch schnapps, Bailey's with salted caramel in it. Oh my god, half and half, and Tito's vodka. So Uh-oh. I'm drinking a butterscotch white Russian because I thought this song was about hard candies, and hard candies were. Butterscotches. That is a oh sugar bomb, Russell. You're going to be awake the whole night. You're not going to go to bed till yeah. six o'clock tomorrow morning. Woo! Thanks, thanks, men's health reader. <laughs> Comes with an insulin chaser, so that's how you know it's a good drink. That's a bunch of bullshit. I didn't get. I have no candles, but I've got this butterscotch drink. So what are you going to? So what now? What are you going to do with this extra butterscotch schnapps that you have around the house? Like I, right? I can only imagine what your bar looks like right now. It's like tang <laughs> butterscotch schnapps. It's like just these terrible drinks that you have to buy for one little bit on the podcast that a lot of times I edit out, quite frankly. Yes, it, it's not good. That's my rolling going for next week is what the fuck should I do with this butterscotch schnapps? <laughs> I think you got to well, just drink it on the rocks, right? I mean, or put it in milkshakes. Yeah, milkshake with some butterscotch schnapps. Yeah. Russell, okay. I'm coming over. I can't. I, I cannot talk about schnapps anymore. I had, I've, I've had an incident. <laughs> All right. I have, also, I have Guys, as well. This is this is what the Fast and Furious franchise said. Rock with you. Let's see. 
that he's in the later ones. This is Did Rock with you wrestle Hulk Hogan right at WrestleMania 17 or something, Matt? Was it the- 28? No, I have no idea. I think Rock with you wrestled. Yeah, I think Rock with you wrestled with Hogan. At Are we into Hulk talks? Yeah. No, no. Oh, I just had some sushi. Blah. <laughs> all right so that is now a sting that we have okay let's get back to rock with you so this was written by uh rod temperton who also wrote thriller he was the british guy who who wrote thriller this got all the way up to number one in the charts and was a second single after don't stop till you get enough both of these were number one hits for him this is some of the greatest pop music ever recorded i think Almost every song on this album has a parallel on Thriller, and almost every song in this album is better than its analog on Thriller. I would agree. I think this album is better than Thriller. I think that's I, it. I, yeah, all day. Out of here. Oh, oh yeah, day. for sure. Okay, <laughs> okay, no, 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 no. Let's look at the let's look at Thriller's let's look at Thriller's list right now. Right. Wanna Save be- it for the end. This isn't even this isn't even a discussion. Save it for the end. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so that's crazy. I will say, I think this album might have the best three start song start to any album we've listened to. Oh my God. What the shit? Are you kidding yeah. me? <laughs> working, working day and night. Like Woo! don't stop till you get enough and rock with you. Bangers. Number one hits Russell. Okay. You can't be like the Grammys this year and ignore number one hits. Great one. This is so good. Listen to the intro to this song. Grammy style. <laughs> Grammy style. So funny. Dissing number one tracks, Grammy style. By the way, this would have been my parody song, Jerkin' Day and Night, so you can be thankful I didn't do that. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're glad that, that we came up with a Hulk Hogan song instead. <laughs> I love on this one, you can hear so much of the African influence. You can definitely hear that Quincy was listening to Fela Kuti and Tony Allen and we listen to this. I don't even know at all. How can you not just want to bust it to this? Yeah, every song is so danceable. I mean, I don't even want to talk to you guys. I literally just want to listen to this song. Normally, just when I'm getting to- set up for this podcast, I listen to other music. And this time, I was listening to songs off this album. It's, they're so good. David Williams, do his thing on the guitar. Russell, are you a disco guy? Do you like this disco beat in the background? Or is this too flashy for you? Too fancy? Uh, it's a little too 70s, 80s for me. It, it Matt has an aversion to some of the slow... I would call it yacht rockish type stuff, the slow Stevie Wonder stuff. I think I have an aversion to some of the disco stuff. Fair, tough but fair. Well, then, if you heard this music, you wouldn't ask somebody to go get on the floor. If I could get a cameo from the guy who played bass on this album, I think I would do it. Like, hey, can you just play "Get on the Floor" bassline for me for a cameo? That's funny. I feel like. Cameo the band had entire albums based on just one track from this album. Word up. Yep. One thing one thing I saw in this song is that there's a guy named Grig Feligains who yes. is the person I who love coordinated him. he's the arranger for a lot of these songs. Am I right, Aaron? And he also yeah. plays the keyboard, and keys. I think he plays the clavinet on this one. We've talked about all these different He also played on songs in the key of life. Yeah. Yes. We're a poly we're a poly piano podcast for sure. Yes. And so Aaron mentioned the songs in the key of life, and we need to touch on that. And the only way to touch on that is go through a list of the greatest songs ever that Greg Filligans has performed on. Oh, my God. Are you doing a Greg (laughs) Filligans list? Oh, I love this man. I have listened to Oh, Russell. This is so exciting. Oh, my God. 
my God. A Greg filling okay, these lists. Matt and I are All withholding right. judgment until we hear the list. Yeah. We'll see what we think of this list. <laughs> And so it's I not think, because I don't know who Greg Philigaines is. Okay, so don't say that. I definitely know who Greg Philigaines is. I love that him. diver, he right? Delightful. Aaron, oh, Aaron maybe ranging. before we get into some of the songs, maybe you can fill our listeners in. Like he's played with Lionel Richie, Paul McCartney, Aretha Clapton, Diana Ross, all sorts of people. And I think he's played on all of Michael Jackson's famous albums. Am I right on that? Right. And he got his start. So I, full disclosure, I know him uh, initially from quest loves podcast. I'm just saying he got his start with a very famous artist when he was in college as an undergraduate and f- was in New York going to college and then flew out to Los Angeles to audition and then was off and running with a very famous artist who I will not mention. And he's a delightful man. I love listening to all of his interviews. Yes, he's played keys and done arrangements for so many people. He's very talented and he's a really, really fun guy to listen to. So because I'm a smart dude that women want to swipe on if they're a sapiosexual, I know that artist that Aaron's talking about. So the first song is, if you guys remember going back to Songs in the Key of Life, this is Joy Inside My Tears. He's playing the electric keyboard with Stevie Wonder. Yes. He's the only other musician credited on this song with Stevie Wonder. Can you imagine oh. playing keyboard with Stevie Wonder, how stressful that would be? Yes. <laughs> right? Joy Inside Okay, so who the fuck are we talking about again? You guys have mentioned his, his name, name in 30 seconds, and I forgot. Greg Filligans. Greg Filligans. Yeah, if you can find any interview with him, if, if you find his uh, Red Bull Music Academy appearance on YouTube, it's all worth watching. He's delightful. Oh, God, the, I watch it. Man, I watch that every week together. <laughs> the next thing. Streaming the next it song, tomorrow, right? Yeah, yeah, I love Red Bull Academy. The next song on the list is by Lionel Richie. It's All Night Long. It's kind oh. of a dance and pop song. You guys remember this one? Oh, yes. So Greg Filligans is playing the synthesizer on this, and he's also credited for gibberish vocals i've never seen <laughs> gibberish vocals like we've seen hand claps we've seen finger symbols but we've never heard of gibberish vocals before right yeah i get credit for that on this podcast a lot of time oh he's always in the credits for gibberish vocals gibberish vocals that and finger symbols <laughs> next song on the list is you guys remember the brothers johnson this song is called stomp he oh, plays the synthesizer on this song Ooh, this is definitely disco adjacent too. Yes, absolutely, right? Yeah. I'm, I mean, the Brothers Johnson, that's got to make you think of that tent a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you were polyamorous, you could go with both of the Brothers Johnson, right? You wouldn't have to marry just one. Is that, is that, a, yes, that is true. Why not? Yeah. That's let's how do it works. It. All right. The Brothers so, Johnson and Russ. I feel like we've spent too much time on Greg and what he's doing in like the 70s, 80s with this disco. We're going to jump way ahead. He has also played the piano with Adele. This Ooh. is all I ask with Adele. He's playing the piano here. He's still quite young. Yeah. When you see him interviewed. This is him on the piano with oh, Adele. Pretty it. cool, strong, huh? Strong tone. Wait, the piano has a strong tone? Yeah, he's playing very assertively, you know? Yeah, I knew that. <laughs> I knew what you meant. Rob, Rob's a dope shit. She sounds good, too, I think. All right, the last song on the list is by far the best, and we've talked before. Oh, sorry. Not a good time for it. <laughs> it's almost like I'm a dumb shit. 
we've talked before about amazing karaoke songs. Matt says a Ringo song is always the best karaoke song. I think this is one of the best karaoke songs. Greg here plays the keyboards in the synthesizer on a song made famous by Ray Parker Jr. This is the Ghostbusters theme song, which he was big in. Listen to the synthesizer kick in right here. Yes. All right. This is the same guy. That sound makes you want to dance for sure. You need to do a solo that reminds us of Ghost. Do you have one? He's like, oh, fuck yeah, I do. I, win it, win it, win it. I mean, this is a so. If I was walking down the street and I heard that, I'd be like, oh, there are ghosts around. Like, that's just the way it is. Did you guys know this song, instead of Ray Parker Jr., was originally offered to Lindsey Buckingham, and he what? turned it down because he had just did the song Holiday Road She's on that idiot. movie Vacation. <laughs> and he did not want to be known as a soundtrack She's artist. So it went to Ray Parker instead. <laughs> so funny. Isn't that awesome? Is uh, Matt, where's Ray Parker Jr. on the list? Yes. I'm looking. He's, he must be 501. Be in the next couple weeks. Yeah, right? I think so. It's right before. He's probably at 50 million just based on this song. He's living in some mansion somewhere, just collecting his Ghostbusters royalties. Listen, Russell, that is a great list about Phil. What was his name again? Um, I got to look at my bracket. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Man, I'm Phil Gates. so excited Phil about Gates. that list. Oh, he's Russell, just a delight. That was a great list, but I got to say, how much did it destroy you when you typed in Greg Phil Gaines and Beck and nothing came and Google said zero search <laughs> results come back? <laughs> it's, it had to rip your world apart. I can only imagine. Matt said he was doing Beck did it better tonight. Oh, perfect. Man, I can't wait. All yep. right. You let me know. <laughs> Guys, just like when uh, I've got a bunch of wallpaper, I want to get that off the wall. The wall. I said wall twice. I should have thought of it. <laughs> so he's talking about how you're living off the wall. I always thought off the wall was like an idea was off the wall. Like it's so crazy. But he's saying, like, oh, you're living off the wall. Like you're really living a crazy life. And apparently, this is about him and his younger life was so nuts that it was off the wall. This is the one that, to me, and don't laugh, Rob, reminds me of the titular track on Thriller. This is the titular track on this album as well. But I would say it's 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 definitely the the one that is the most a, a prelude to Thriller. Yeah, it has that same tone. I think that's really right? Aaron. Kind of spooky, a little bit spooky. Okay, Aaron's wife, whatever your name is again. I'm saying nice things to Aaron. Aaron, good job. You're going to have to learn her name if you're going to be polyamorous with her. Um, That's true. That's a good point. Oh, Aaron's going to get yelled at again. I edited out the part earlier where I said I want to be polyamorous with everybody's wives because it got no response. <laughs> Nobody laughed. Everyone looked kind of depressed, actually. Like the idea that their wives would also marry me. They're like, oh, that, that would be the worst, wouldn't it? If your wife came back and was like, hey, here's this other guy I want to date. And you saw him and he was just like a piece of trash. And you're like, is that what I'm like? This is very bad. Is that the same guy who's been picking me on this podcast for 37 weeks? Matt, I remember you saying when we listened to Thriller that it was a little too pristine and clean for you. Like every note was on point. Like you get yep. the same vibe with this one or what are, what are your thoughts on this album so far? This seems, I, I, I think it's much better album. I don't know. I'm with, uh, I think Rob, Rosie, did you both say that? I, yes. I think I would listen to this. AKA the dumb nine shows. out of 10 times over <laughs> thriller. And again, I think it comes AKA down. I, I think shit. I had this take on the Prince album where it was uh, purple rain. It's called purple rain. The album thriller. Like if that didn't have the song thriller, which I think is so overplayed. And all I think mm-hmm. about is Halloween. When I hear it, it's a like, big I'd probably like that track. album better. You know, it, that was what we 
called the what, Rosie? It was a big the titular track. Titular track. Big. Big. Huge. <laughs> yeah. Big titular big track. That was probably track. his biggest titular track. I mean, that's probably the biggest titular track we've seen. <laughs> like when I think of big titular tracks. Yeah. Is there any is there any bigger one? Gosh, you know, I'm gonna have to type that into Google and see what it says. Big titular. Purple. I'm gonna update my preferences on my Bumble account right now. Big titular track fan. <laughs> so listen, Russell, we are saying this is a good album. Okay. And then of course this song comes up. So just let's just let's just take a little, maybe just a little. By the way, you want to guess who wrote this song? Sir Paul? Hello, Michael. The girl is mine. <laughs> right? Mine. Exactly. This is yeah, this is this album's the girl's mine. You can hear it. It's right there. Okay, so I just like listen, it, I want you, I, like I want it. you to listen to that again. Listen listen to him sing there. Because I'm gonna do a little comparison. So Paul McCartney wrote this song for him. I think this song is a, a skipper, but whatever. It still is like funky. Listen. I enjoy it. Listen to the guitar work on here. So that's Michael singing this, right? Yeah. Well, it turns out that Paul also recorded this with wings. Ooh, so I want you to hear, to hear that. Need to hear it, and you're going to hear how much better, what a talent Michael Jackson is. Listen to how much better his version is than this. By the way, I need the long intro because it's a funnier joke. It's like whoa. I mean, I assume that's Linda, but. Michael's version is so much better. Like it's like it's so strong. He's Whoa, got an incredible yeah, voice. I wanna be oh, yeah. your and the arrangement's Russell. way better. And I'm sorry, yeah. Paul, but I like the bass better on this one. Yeah, it's it's not even close. There's just so much going on. Like Aaron's got something to say. Uh, I think mm-hmm. this song yep. sucks. Yeah. Oh, Aaron, hey, come on. Uh, this isn't my favorite, but you don't have to be like that. That's Jeez. what I'm going to start calling my penis. All right. So now I'm in the board. Uh, so I'm just playing around. I'm no just wonder around. Rob makes fun of you and your wife gets mad at him over it. Jeez. Russell, I yourself. do want you to play this song next time you somebody gets in your car, though, on a date. <laughs> just look at him. The first 112 times. Said he's scrambling to find a radio station. So, guys, this leads us to this next coincidence. There is a song by Paul McCartney and Beck called Find My Way. And here it is. Listen to this. It's Paul McCartney and Beck. Also a nice bass line. This is pretty badass. Bob, you did some good research yeah, it's here. it's pretty funky. It's yeah. good. Now, and are they, both, are they both singing on that one or not? Nice. Ooh, listen to the drums. Let's see. Look at Rob shaking his head in the Zoom. So you guys notice that Paul McCartney and Beck are both singing on the song. So when it comes to songs on albums where both Paul McCartney and the artist are singing, Beck did it better. better. (laughs) Good work, Rob. Rob, your research is amazing. Matt definitely did not have to tee that up for you. We definitely did not have to pause so we could figure out how to make that work. We, no, none of that happened. We were talking about big titulars, and then we came right into that. It was a perfect transition. Uh, We're fired up. We're ready to go. Do you guys, are you guys ready to hear a song that's 66 beats per minute and is the slowest Michael Jackson song ever recorded? (laughs) This is the saddest. 
thing you'll ever hear him sing. Aaron, Aaron's usually at about 66 beats per minute when he's thinking about titular tracks. Isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, titular well, no, tracks, like tortellini. Once in a while, Aaron will get going a little faster. He gets up to about 72 beats per minute on the titular tracks. <laughs> Russell. That would be so hard to c- if you're dead at that slow. No! <laughs> It would be so hard. 66 beats per minute? That's 1,001, 1,002, 1,003. I'm just glad, Russell, that you're the one who's making fun of Rosie this week, so you get yelled at next week. I'm still in good favor. Did we talk about, though, that 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 song was intended for Sinatra, and then he never recorded it? And I still, to this day, wish that I could have heard Sinatra sing that one. I wonder if Sinatra would do what Michael did at the end of the song. Apparently, they recorded this 8 to 11 times, and each time at the end, he did this. He's out of my oh, Lord. We don't need to hear this. And at that, he said, that's a real yeah, cry, was... and Michael said, you got to keep that in. That's, that's my real emotions oh, coming out. No. To me, it sounds like a kid who's like, they're lying so hard that they have to cry to convince you that the lie is real. They're like, no, it's true. <laughs> I didn't steal that money. It, it was on the counter. Like they have to cry. And you're like, oh, you're really lying with the cry. <laughs> and they looked up to the left at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Busted. I'm serious. Why don't you ever believe me? It sounds like when the women I date tell me that they're polyamorous and not just cheating on me. And I have to be like, is that the truth or not? I don't know what to believe. <laughs> yeah. Polyamorous or just cheating on me. I don't know what the deal is. Aren't you ready for a WrestleMania? Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And guys, just like when I'm I'm jerking at 66 beats per minute and like okay. <laughs> this is I can't help it. <laughs> oh no. Okay. <laughs> it was written by Stevie Wonder, right? Yes. What was that didn't Stevie Wonder write one of the songs on Thriller 2 or not? I don't know. Tech guy. Oh shit. Get I on remember. That. Yeah, maybe. I did no research. I think you can hear the Herbie Hancock influence in here too in the in in the Keys I don't John, like. You know, I don't like what John Aaron's, Hancock. Right? I don't like what yeah, Aaron's John going Hancock. at sixty-six beats per minute talking Herbie Hancock. Uh oh. Sounds like I know some jokes that are staying in. There's a reason you get made fun of Aaron. I don't know. There's just something about it to me. You guys don't want that joke edited out. Keep making those jokes because that's what's going to happen. That joke's going to be right in there with the beep. See if you like it. No, you can't come talk to me later about editing. All right, it's the falling in love. So here we kind of have a lull in the album. Now we're getting groovy again. I read that this was written by David Foster. Matt, you mentioned David Foster to me the other day. Who's David Foster? David Foster. How do you describe him? He's a Canadian who I think, he, when you look back on, he is he is one of the most successful kind of singer, well, songwriters for other groups. And so he's worked with like Michael Buble and he's worked with Chicago and he's worked I, with- I love, you know what? I'm a big Buble fan. <laughs> I love, I'm a big, big, big Buble fan. <laughs> the, the titular tracks and the Buble oh, albums are amazing. It's like a match made in heaven. I love it. But Aaron, so he, Aaron, keep that beat going a little slower. You don't need to get it up over 60 That's it. Right it's now. in now. I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy with what this podcast has become. We, we've talked about that. Uh, what's the uh, Whitney Houston movie where she sang that song? The Bodyguard. And the best song ever. Yeah, Bodyguard. And he wrote. What's the I big song in that one that Kevin Costner ended up? Uh, you know, they didn't have it in there, but Kevin Costner said, "We need a big." And I will always love you by Dolly yep. Parton. Yeah. You know, he's the one who rearranged that from Dolly oh, Parton's. Wow. Uh, 
wow. way, you know, to what it is in in the movie. And so songs like that. So he's got his he's got his hands out a lot. But that's pretty amazing yeah. to go from working with Dolly Parton songs to being a big Buble guy. Like that that transition <laughs> would be easy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, his resume is pretty incredible. He wrote I Have Nothing on that soundtrack, too. What else has he done? What makes him so incredible? He wrote for Earth, Wind, and Fire. He, so, the story, so the story is, is that like Chicago um, was basically like a failing band. And then they're like, wow, we need somebody to come in and, and, and figure this out, right? We need somebody to come in. So he basically came in and just railroaded the whole group and said, no, what you guys are doing is crap, right? So you guys, <laughs> let's, let's go over yeah. here. You start like, right here. I'm gonna, let me rewrite this song. Yeah. But he basically wrote like their two albums. So he's like, he's or, like, listen, this song with all these words that make sense, this sucks. How about a song that goes twenty five two six two four? Everybody goes, yeah, fuck yeah, this is a great song. Twenty five two six two four. So like, makes no sense. So um, Chicago sixteen, Chicago seventeen, nineteen eighty two, nineteen eighty four. He basically came in and just said, nope, here's how we're gonna do blah blah. The band ended up hating him. Right? This is horrible. This mm-hmm. is not Chicago. Peter Cetera, who went on to have a great career, you know, he's, uh, solo he's the career outside of the Chicago. Podcast. They hit you know, him all the so, way to the bank. You know, they hated him. And then all of a sudden, like, these albums are just going to the moon. So they're like, well, all right, this isn't a, we don't, I don't want to make this music, but all right, this guy made me rich kind of a thing. Yeah. So I don't know. He, he's clearly, he's got a, he's got an ear for music and what's, what's popular. Um, let me see who else we have. Josh Groban. Uh, Groban, no, those big boobays. <laughs> Somebody else, he, some other people that he worked with, but yeah, I don't know. These nuts, these nuts. This our final song, and probably I think this might be my surprise uh, note of the night. This is one of my favorite songs on the album. Burn this disco out. And some people say, "Oh, disco in, disco." Oh, Rob, Rob. Apologize for that. That is over the line. It's all getting edited out. Jeez. This will just be silence. We found the line. Oh, we this, found the I mean, line. this is so funky. I would listen to a hundred songs like this in a row, and yes. I would never complain. And they slowed the tempo down on this one a little bit. I don't know. I mean, we've been talking yeah. about beats per minute in a <laughs> joke, joking way, but this is why Quincy Jones is the man. Listen, yes. Yeah. This is how you end an album. Yeah. You don't end it yes. with these with these last like that chronic the, the ending on the chronic last time. Don't need Garbage. this is how you set up an album. Banger, 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 number three, greatest number three three songs in a row that we've oh, had, Russell. Stop. You agree with that because you're a CBO guy. <laughs> stop. Then you hit the shit that you gotta put in because it's slow and it's whatever, okay? And then you end it with a banger. It's the perfect setup. I love it. It's this is great. Yep. Okay, I'm going to go through Thriller's song list. Ready, Russell? Listen to this. No, no. Last time we went through a list, we had to cut out like an hour of the podcast. (laughs) Want to be starting something? Baby Be Mine. The Girl Is Mine. Terrible. Thriller, Beat It, Billie Jean. Oh, yeah. Let's let's not crank through those three. Human Nature, PYT. Okay, but but see, then that album ended with Lady in the Life. So no, no, this makes any sense. That's a that's a real dog. That's a dog. All right. It is time for us to get into our rating system. The patented and very popular Beck Did It Better rating system. Oh, yeah. That's the one time we didn't talk is when that dumb thing was playing. <laughs> all right. So everybody knows our rating system. Everybody loves it. We get lots of emails about it all the time. 
Is this album a rolling well-toned? That means it should be number 35 on the list. Uh, is this album a rolling boned? Okay. It shouldn't be 35. It should be way higher. Or is this album a rolling groan? You guys don't like this at 35. The people at Rolling Stone magazine and the people who voted on this did a bad job. It should be lower on the list. This album, get back there. Get to the back of this list. We don't need you. And of course, that means that we would be going down the list, but also getting a bigger number. So somehow going down and getting a bigger number, which in a lot of places like a bank account uh, is good. But for example, running a race, you don't want to be a bigger number. So this is kind of like a race. We want to be a lower number and that's how we're going to do it. Uh, Matt, what do you think of this album? I think, and to remind uh, you, it's rolling well tone, rolling boned or rolling grown. I don't know if it's hard to say, you know, like how do you separate it? Like against thriller? I think, I think this album should be rated higher than thriller, which means as a lower number. So that means thriller mm-hmm. should have a, bigger number but it's lower on the list exactly okay so against that it's hard to say but in general from all everything we've listened to you know it feels like 35 is a great a great spot for this album altogether so i'm going to say it's rolling well toned overall russell what do you think rolling well toned rolling boned or rolling grown my initial impression was this was too high on the list you guys talked about the first three songs being absolute Pressures, and I'm with you on the opening song. Don't stop till you get enough. Is amazing, even though I got very confused on the language or the <laughs> the lyrics, and have been drinking like a yeah. butterscotch old or butterscotch. Thank God you Rush didn't think the night. lyrics were battery acid. Like who knows what you'd be drinking, Russell? And rock with you Cherry is a nice flavored. song, but like working work day and night to claim this is the one of the third one of the best third songs ever on an album we've listened to is I just don't I disagree with that. That take is rolling boned. Yeah, that take is no, rolling. Don't use bro- my language against me. Yeah, that take, Rob, is too high. Wait, too low on the... Yeah, you're out of the sapiosexual <laughs> club, Russell. But, but what I was going to say is I do I do not think this is as good as Thriller. Thriller has Thriller beat it Billie Jean back to back to back. I think those three songs are better than every single song on this album. But I will say you guys are all very smart dudes. And if you think that this is rolling bone and should be higher on the list, I'm going to at least put it at rolling well tone because if there's a woman out there that is a sapiosexual, I do not want her swiping left on me because I rated this too low. So I'll say rolling well tone. Rosie, what do you think? I think this is, is it rolling well tone. Is it rolling bone <laughs> or is it rolling grown? What do you, you think? Just go through it. You got to keep talking. I think this is some of the greatest pop music ever recorded. It is uh, an enormous group effort from vi- a group of very talented producers, arrangers, composers, including a guy named his, his name is Greg Fillingaines there. And have you heard of him? I've, I, I, yeah, I'm going to have to look him up. I'm going to have to look him up. And uh, a vocalist who was right at the top of his game. So I don't think there's a better pop album uh, that we've heard, or maybe that we will ever hear. I think there are many better albums that I will always listen to. Uh, instead of this one, but this is so danceable and it's so good uh, that I've got to say it's rolling well toned for right where it's at on the list. All right. The correct answer is it's a rolling Quincy Jones. Oh, oh yes. I, yes. I, on the Thriller album, I said, what does Quincy Jones do? I have no idea. And I got made fun of IRL for something I said in the podcast. People came up to me and go, you're an idiot if you don't know what Quincy Jones does. 
after listening to this album, I what get it. IRL mean? Yeah. What does IRL mean? What the what the hell is fancy that? New York talk? You in talk real life, you don't. Indie shit. Racing League. Oh my god! Rob was at the races off the at the Indie Racing League. Yeah. Listening. Good, good, good luck with your polyamorous podcast. I didn't Rob. have my good wife to stick that. up for me for people saying stuff about me on the podcast. <laughs> uh, so people came up to me and said, "How do you not know who Quincy Jones is? You're an idiot." And I was like, "Oh." Listening to this album, I totally get it. Like I, that sound I heard on Thriller, I think Aaron, your point about it being analogous is brilliant. I love it. So I got to say, this is a rolling Quincy Jones. And why would I repeat it? Why I've never that a compliment repeated it. to Rosie. Was that a compliment, wow. Rob? I I retired. Hold on, what was that? Well, I, I missed that. Aaron put my headphones back. What, what did you just say to Aaron? Yeah. Aaron's just he's Rob's just caving. He's caving to the pressures. <laughs> I didn't have my headphones on. It just looked like it. What did What did you say? Can you believe that Russell brought up that stuff about the tent and we didn't bring up Rosie at all? That's insane to me. I mean, Russell, if your brother in law would be like, "Yeah, I'll stay in this tent, but I'm also going to crawl out the window to go to the bathroom outside." <laughs> We gotta go shotgun some more beers inside. All right, next up we've got album thirty-eight, Blonde on Blonde. And eh, wrong, already done eh, it. Russell, name one God, song. Name one song off of Blonde on Blonde. There's just a lot of harmonica, if I remember correctly. Uh, and then thirty-nine. It's one of my favorite bands. Question mark. Even though I've never actually heard them, it's Talking Heads. Remains. <laughs> yeah, in the Rob's light. favorite band. I'm so excited. We get to listen to you. Rob has been texting us over and over about we should do a special episode on his favorite band. Talking heads. This is so awesome, Rob. <laughs> this is going to go so well. I'm finally going to get to listen to my favorite band, Talking Heads. <laughs> when you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, but you're just too lazy to look it up online. If you want to hear for guys, I, I honestly think that was another banger. We'll see. I've got the perfect I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. For you, Jack. Did it better. Did it better. Oh, Granny Scrub, put the Granny style thing away. I just held up the sign that said Granny style. How many beats per minute is our theme song? <laughs>